story so okay so listen i uh i've got i got i gotta just interrupt everything oh man i jacket because i wow two people this week two two different people told me that what they like about because we talked about last week how our numbers keep growing Mm -hmm. you know we've been steadily you know increasing our listenership well two different people this week told me they listen for todd sheen Whoa! <laughs> no crush or anything, Todd. But that you know, uh, they like us fine. We like they like Scott and Alan just fine. But uh, Todd's what they what they identify with. That he, that he's wow. he's the one they keep coming back for. So wow! And both 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 females, just both ladies. That Jeez. explains a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I'm like a fine wine. <laughs> So, to make it out what you will. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we need to step our game up or. I I, I feel a little intimidated now, <laughs> and kind of disappointed. <laughs> a little insecure. Well, he has that effect on. You know, I mean, you get anywhere around, yeah. Him and yeah, I make everybody around me insecure. It's. I kind of feel like. I mean, what's the point in me even being here? <laughs> I think uh, I, I think I think we might have to change it to Todd Hard. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of up to Todd. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to shy away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't. You never will. Well, that the other voice you hear there is um, with me here in Danville, Kentucky. Uh, the star of the show, apparently, Todd Sheen. Yeah, uh, uh, Mister the anti-flaccid. Does it, uh, does it feel good, Todd? I mean, does it? You, you like that? You like that? Uh, it, it's always the, nice. It's always nice when people like you. You're right? the breakout star. You're the Chevy of of talk hard, <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, at least at least you know comments times two. I'll, you know, you got to start. <laughs> you got to start at the bottom and work up. So two's good. Yeah, two's good. And it, I feel it, like. It was very like Joe Piscopo now. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was I very Piscopo, much yes. the backhanded thing too. Is like listening to talk hard, man. I love it. You know, I really like listening. You guys are good, but Todd. I mean, it's it's really about Todd. I was like, wow, oh, all right, golly, this is this is a little unsettling. I'll try. I'll try to make sure my head doesn't get too big. Well, <laughs> that's that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, well that. Maybe we, maybe we should just move on into the into the show so people can get their their full taste of Todd. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, and and we're going to start with something that he probably uh, probably doesn't even want to talk about. But um, hey, the Iron Fist series on Netflix, just to jump right mm, in, yeah, has not been getting good reviews. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a second of it. Um, other than the trailer that made me think it's going to be really stupid. Uh, have either one of y'all watched any of it? Uh, yeah, I've watched quite a bit of it, actually. Yeah. So that should be your first indication that I made it past episode two, unlike mm. uh, Luke Cage. 
I was, I was able to <laughs> power through it. So let me tell you, I, I think the um, reviews are unfair, uh, mm. especially considering what they said about Luke Cage and you know, yeah. and everybody was, you know, acted like that was the greatest show. Um, so I think it's very, very comparable. To, if you like Daredevil, you'll like Iron Fist. I think they're really, you know, yeah, they're not. I don't think Daredevil's great either season of it, but it was worth watching. You know, yeah. I, I didn't want to like just stop watching it, and I feel like this one's maybe even a little more intriguing as far as like uh, the plot. Uh, it's got some mystery to it, and so that kind of keeps me watching. Like I'm kind of wondering where they're going with it, and and it might have something to do with the fact that I read that book, and you know, mm-hmm. and I, I want to compare to how they're going to do this stuff, and who you know who they're bringing in and stuff like that, but. I think it's intriguing and it's not bad. It's, you know, it's got the writing is clunky in some parts and, and really corny in some spots, but it's not nearly as bad as Luke Cage. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Luke Cage fans. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bar's low on that. Um, is it better than, I, I think my favorite Netflix series so far is Jessica Jones. Is it better than that? No. Okay. No. It'll, All right. Jessica Jones is still definitely the best. Uh, but it's this one is is just it's just good enough to keep watching. So uh, and I think it's better than Luke Cage. So there you go. Okay, well I won't dread it as much now because I was going to watch it one way or the other because mm-hmm. I I am going through the books now on my Marvel Unlimited subscription and um, I like Iron Fist quite a bit. Yeah, how far into that are you? Um, I've I've read some of the like the off. Like I wanted to just get a basic uh-huh. understanding of who he was, so I've read some of like the off comics, like uh, Iron Fist and Wolverine and all those. But I'm about um, in that series that you told me that was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm about six, six or seven books in. Yeah, so and it's good for anybody that wants to know. That's uh, the Immortal Iron Fist run by Brew Baker and Matt Fraction, and uh, it is fantastic. It kind of reinvented yeah. Iron Fist, and and just like Brew Baker did with Winter Soldier, and kind of brought in a whole new uh story and history to certain characters it kind of did the same thing for iron fist and made him cool whereas like he really hadn't been and, and uh orson randall is uh, a great character so there todd have you seen it or watched it or well let, let me tell you briefly my my netflix story oh uh, yeah go ahead because uh um, this is why the ladies listen that's why, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to sway from what I normally do. So, <laughs> yeah, here's here's what I do. I, I completely negate your question and go off into some weird tangent. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, what they keep coming back for. Yeah, and Ju- Julie so. Taylor said specifically she likes it when you take the show off the rails, and so here we go. All right, well, um, rail on, I guess, um, <laughs> or off rather. Um, so here's here's. Here's my Netflix story. I get in bed usually and I and I select my profile and I go to recently added and I go to new releases and sometimes I'll go to other categories and I will spend anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes going through the tiles and realizing that uh, 80 to 90% of what I have gone over, I've seen before because it's been on there. 
So recently added for me is kind of a lie because it's, it's not re, you know, what's recent. Um, but I'll go through and I'll look and then I'll see, oh, there's something new. Um, but nothing ever makes me want to push play mm-hmm. on any of them. I can say this without, without, you know, and I, I've got it, you know, our, everybody here in the house watches it. But I tell you, if they, if they, if they would charge me like half less for Netflix mm-hmm. and all I could do, all I had to do is just look through the tiles and never watch anything, I, I would pay that. That's, <laughs> that's basically what I do now with Netflix. You just I don't wanna, remember the look. You just want a service where you just look, look, look at movies at you've already seen. What movies are available that I will never watch. Right. Um, you know, if, if honestly, and I've got Amazon too, we've got Amazon prime. I'll sometimes watch something on Amazon prime, but there's more chance that I'm going to find, you know, coffins from hell or something on Amazon prime as opposed sure. to, as opposed to Netflix. But you know, you got to get, you got to get down, you get down dirty to find some of the Netflix stuff that's in there that they don't, you mm. know, they don't pop them up on those little, yeah, no, uh-uh. you got to go searching for it. Yeah. And and I and that's too much for me right now. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big searching person right now. Yeah, they do. They need to, Netflix needs the equivalent of the uh, old video store shelves. Yeah, where you can that just, would help a heck of a lot. Yeah, because I don't know what. Yeah, like yeah, they they do. They just need to cycle through tiles and posters and stuff. So and right. box covers. So you can just like, hey, that looks horrid. Let's check that out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who, who is selecting, you know, so you, all right. So if you stop on, let's just say, um, Johnny and Jake take an RV down to Memphis mm-hmm. say it's some long winded title. It's really good. And, yeah, everybody should check yeah. it out. I mean, that's, that's just right off, right off there. And who, who decides, okay, we're going to put, you know, if we rest on this tile, you're going to get three thumbnails from this movie. Who comes up with thumbnails <laughs> because I'm, I'm telling you half the time, the thumbnails are like, it's like somebody paused and did a screen cap and then let it play about 30 more frames and did another screen cap. And it's usually blurry. Tells you nothing about the, fl- the movie, uh, nothing about the show. So, so that's my Netflix moment. There you go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? Uh, as uh, far as uh, Luke Cage, of course, I haven't watched it. Um, or Iron I, Fist. I honestly don't remember the last time I watched anything on Netflix. I'm uh, honestly least... trying to think the last time I got on Netflix and watched like a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did watch the, two of the Dave Chappelle specials that just came out. Yeah. I, I, that, was, that, did, that was one of the things that looked interesting to me. Yeah, they are good. They're really funny. Um, That's about it. Yeah, but I can't, honestly, I can't think of any, and I will watch Iron Fist. Um, I'm not watching, I'm not trying not to watch any shows until I get caught up with the ones I've already started, because I'm terrible about that. Um, yeah. So, I'm, like, we're two episodes away from finishing This Is Us. Have you all, either one of you all watched This Is Us? Nope. I haven't, because honestly, it's not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scott, I think you would like it. Really? Yeah. I think I think you should give it a, a a shot. Give it, give even like I think I, I was hooked after the pilot. Like I, I thought the pilot was really 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 good. 
Um, and I was hooked after that just because there was a, there was a little, uh, sort of a hook in there that, that got me. Um, uh, but yeah, I, it's, I think the writing's really good and I, I don't get emotional watching many things on screen at all. And that show like tugs at some heartstrings sometimes. So, um, I don't have much room in my life for sad TV. I don't do a ton of sad TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you like sappy movies. I do. I do. I do movies. I do sad movies, but sad TV, I don't really do. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, it, maybe you should give it a shot. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I think I think it helps to have a soul to be able to watch shows like that. <laughs> for me, that's what I thought too. But it, it gets some of the like. There's there's some stuff. With, there's some husband and wife stuff that gets me. There's some uh, dad kids stuff that gets me there's some relationship with parents i mean it's just like they they hit all the relation stuff they hit all the right notes to make you actually feel something um it's really good man i'll just i'll just watch old yeller or brian song i'll be fine you you can do that too that's fine i'm just i'm just not the remakes though not the remakes i don't think there's any way i'm ever watching that (laughs) i gotta tell you i gotta tell you man (laughs) if i Sad if, TV, if the, man. If the day ever comes that like all the planets align and I win Force Watch, can I require you all to watch an entire show? I, I tell you what, I'll I'll make you some type of soccer for for uh, this is us deal. <laughs> oh, I will. I'll, I'll make that deal. I'll wow. sign it right now. I'll draw. I'll have my guys draw the papers up. Oh, would it be a would it be a tit for tat thing? Like every hour. Mm-hmm. I make you watch if this nope. is us. I have to watch an hour of soccer. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to figure out that math and how it. Okay, because I don't, I don't think it's fair to make me watch a whole match just for one episode. Man, because matches are long. Friday was six to nothing. It was fun to watch. We've got like an actual star player now. It's amazing. Yeah. Listen, listen to him saying weave. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. Wait, man. I he's, like he's, in, he's in on the buy. Yeah. I like. Yes, yeah. He's committed. I mean, I know you're a communist, but <laughs> me. Wait, which one of us? <laughs> Todd. Okay. Oh, he, yeah, definitely. He, yeah. he doesn't think of us of America as we, but. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant something else. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Can like Scott? Do you have you gotten on Netflix lately and watched a a film? A movie, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, uh, yeah, and that wasn't on Mystery Science Theater. It's been a long time. Yeah, so we basically all just have it so we can watch the TV shows. On it, it is their their original stuff mostly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the comedy specials are pretty good. Like Chappelle's is good, and Joe Coy's just came up um, this week, and I mm-hmm. think it's going to be good. And that's so why I, I like Netflix, him. Netflix produced uh, those uh, Chappelle's things, so yeah. Uh, shows that they made the right decision on on all the all producing that they decided to go yeah. toward. Yep, yep. With that and the uh, the Marvel movies or the Marvel shows, they they they're getting this. Gosh, I heard on the radio the other day how much money they're spending on producing their own stuff, and it was and how much they plan on spending over like the next five years or something. It was astronomical. It was insane. Man, they must be just raking it in. Exactly. It's the exact same thing I thought I had. I was like, good lord, the amount of money they must be making. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And then, then they're not really paying a lot of money to get movies yeah. on there because right. there's nothing good on there. <laughs> right. Yeah. As you can see. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
And that's probably what they're thinking is like, you know, we'll get the, the cheap stuff that we can take and, and spend our money on this other stuff to make our yep. own and, and we get the cash for it. Why do we want to pay a bunch of money to, you know? So. Well, I've got, I mean, we've got all these Hector Elizondo films. Let's just put those <laughs> on there. And they do have some good stuff on there. It's just, it's like, I've seen it all. Right. You know, it's yeah, like, it's old. yeah. It's, and, you know. All right. Uh, let's, let's get off of Netflix for a second and let's talk about our boy RDJ. Um, I uncovered some news this week. Uh, I, I broke this news. Um, <laughs> yes, I actually, <laughs> no, I stumbled upon some, some news that he is doing a, uh, Dr. Doolittle remake. That is set to release in May of 2019. Is this the third Doctor Doolittle? Is that right? I think so. Eddie, yeah. Eddie would have been the second. Eddie Murphy would be the second Doctor Doolittle. Right, and then the other oh, one was yeah. like in the 50s or something, right? Yeah, with Jerry Lewis. The well, the first Doctor Doolittle was um um oh shoot, what's the guy's name? The Rex Harrison. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and he had the that's yeah, right. And he he was he was the original guy that talked to animals. Yeah. And then, um, uh, then you know, then Eddie did it, and then I think they did. It seemed like they they did a second sequel, um, or they did the they did a you know they did a they did the original and a, and a sequel with Eddie in it. Mm-hmm. And then I think they did like a direct to video with his daughter. And yeah, I think you're place. right. Uh, yeah, and um, and so now, yeah, I mean that that paves the way for a, another chapter. So what, like, is that a good idea for Robert Downey Jr. to do some Dr. Doolittle? On the surface, no, but not knowing anything about it, I, uh, you know, it hits me as no, that's not a good idea. But I'm not the one sitting in the room hearing somebody's pitch, like, you know, if somebody had a good idea or some good reinvention of it that just blew everybody away. But on the surface, it feels like no. It seems like something you do... um... Maybe after less than zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I heard there was like this huge bidding war uh, for the rights to it to the Doctor Doolittle franchise. Oh yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, um, and Universal won it, and then they immediately contacted Robert Downey Jr. and he liked the idea, whatever they pitched him. So, must have been a heck of a pitch something tells me he might have liked the number of zeros that they pitched him (laughs) that's that's my guess yeah so here's what happens in the new Doolittle 15 (laughs) million (laughs) dollars and points so what do you think of that plot I mean yeah how how much can you reinvent Dr. Doolittle I mean exactly the, the gag is the gag he talks to animals uh, this project, it says, is based on the 1920s tales that follow the Doctor in... Uh... Well, this is wonderful. Did let they, me, did let they... me groan while I try to read. Uh... Did they um, say the good Doctor or just the Doctor? It's, they didn't say. Thank goodness, because for years I've been thinking, man, what if somebody just went back to the source material? Yeah, what if, and, that, and now they're yeah. going to. Yeah, the Hugh Lofting, the Hugh Lofting 1920s tales is what they're basing this they off. They really of. just so got it's got to be good, right? Yeah, I've always said to myself, they just got too far away from like if somebody would just do a faithful yeah. adaptation. 
Yeah. Of the, of the yeah, it's piece. 100 years old. We need to go back to it. 20s it would be Dr. Totally Doolittle. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't uh, – it doesn't sound like a great idea. My question to you all is, if Robert Downey Jr. does it, like we all like him quite a bit, will you all watch it? All depends on what it looks like because yeah. he's been in stuff I did not like. And, yeah. Yeah, so uh, – uh, if the trailer surprises me, I would watch it. But it, I've got it's got to prove something to me. I don't. I do not go in blindly for anything Robert makes, even though I love him to death. Just what's because your, he's in it. Yeah. What's your least favorite RDJ mm. vehicle? Mm. Boy, this is a good question. Like yeah. si- since since the since the rebirth with Iron Man. Let's let's no, start let's, there. Let's let's go. Let's go back. Oh, let's go no, back. no, no. Let's go back in the '80s. Let's go no, back. To, that's too much. Let's go back to weird science. No, it's too much. Do, <laughs> it, do it since Iron. There's never too much. There's never too much. <laughs> What's the worst Downey vehicle? Because it oh wouldn't matter. Gosh. It wouldn't matter if he if he you know if he uh, if he was yeah. started spitting nickels out his mouth after after Iron Man. There's still there's there's a there's a body of work. Yeah, there's a bunch of terrible of stuff before Iron Man and when he was super on drugs. But I think you have to look at. Yeah, man, he did the Shaggy Dog. Like, how, <laughs> how deep into this thing are we gonna get? <laughs> he did the Shaggy Dog. Are you sure? Oh, he was in the Shaggy Dog. What did he play in the Shaggy Dog? Uh, he played Doctor Kozak. Doctor Kozak in the Shaggy Dog. So one with I- Tim Allen. Uh, that that would be the one. Since yep. since everybody loves wow. after Iron Man, I'm going maybe due date. Uh, I didn't like that one. Oh, I kind of liked it. Well, well, well you're yeah, right. I think I don't know, but I don't know, but <laughs> no, I think you have to. I think you have to pick a different one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say the soloist. Yeah, that was bad. What about the judge or whatever? Was that one haven't seen horrible it. or it was it was not great, but it wasn't terrible. It was just really predictable. Yeah. But he was okay in it. Yeah, I'd say the soloist is a very good candidate. Yeah. What about Johnny B. Good? <laughs> it's I, I don't know whose parameters we're playing by. I don't <laughs> well, think it's in I don't that's definitely not in Scott's parameters. <laughs> hey, I know you got to you got you got to start playing positionless ball here, Scott. You yeah. can't think of it in terms just, of decades. You're just trying to flex your wealth of knowledge for the lady listeners that like you to go way out of bounds on. That's right. That's well, you know, maybe I am, and maybe I am. Like, oh yeah, I could go after Iron Man, but what if I just pull out, baby, it's you, or <laughs> well. Let's let's talk rented okay. lips. Wolf Dangler and rented lips. Tell us all about that one. <laughs> Wolf <What> Dangler. <laughs> well, you know, Todd Hard. Um, the, I have uh, a feeling that we're the only podcast in America that this week will talk about Wolf Dangler. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. I can't imagine anybody else doing that. Air Air America. Just go ahead and throw it out there. Air America. Wow, Mel Gibson. That can't be the worst. Um, man, it looked horrible. I, I didn't even watch it. The trailer was so bad, I couldn't. I couldn't. Watch it. What are you doing? 
You can't. We're still on trailer talk. <laughs> Are we still on trailer Next. talk? <laughs> that was last episode. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's, All right. Let's I, I think it's. I think it's time we just. Uh, I think it's time we play some games. One oh. last thing about RDJ, though, and and let me okay. let me say this. He had he had several <laughs> little, and I, I won't even call them supporting roles. They they were like minor supporting roles. Right. But if you think about his, you know, I don't know how many ten, maybe fifteen minutes of screen time in Weird Science was great. He and yeah. Robert Russler together. Those two guys were, you know, they were kind of jerks and bullies to Anthony Michael Hall's character and his friend. But those two guys together were hilarious. Um, you know, the, the, you know, just some of the things they did, their, some of their, their actions and motions. Uh, his character in um, oh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, he played Rodney Dangerfield's son's uh, roommate. Uh, and he had some great lines. He had some funny things to say. Uh, he was great in Home for the Holidays, which was a Jodie Foster directed movie back in the, I think, early 90s. Uh, so he's had these bit roles where he's kind of just relied on his comedic prowess. And uh, I think he's done really good with that. And I, so that's why I like, that's why I like RDJ, because he can just take, he can take a little tiny something. And make something real big and nice. Yeah, that's right. The ladies are swooning now. Oh my goodness. He it's does nice. have incredible range, I will say. Because like Chaplin is one of the best performances I've ever seen. And and by anybody. Um and but the dude like my one of my favorite comedic performances ever is uh him in Tropic Thunder. So Yeah. He can yeah. do it all. That's an Oscar-worthy Oscar worthy, uh, performance. We've talked about that before. That's right. All right, I think it's a good time here after the, the hot RDJ talk that Todd just gave us. I think it's time for a break so we can all cool off. Um, <laughs> but when we come back... Wolf Dangler style. An, an, it's another round of Force Watch with the results and our movie of the week. So uh, you know you want to come back for that. You're listening to Talk Hard. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's just get this out of the way. Shout out to Dolph Lundgren. We don't have any place to interject him into the podcast, so we're going to shout him out. We love you, Dolph. You go, Dolph. All right. Um, guys, is it is it time? I believe it is. I believe it For is. Lunch. Let's play some games. So, uh, first of all, let's start out with what we were forced to watch by uh, <laughs> Scott Stafford. Let's let's delve into some good hot Petey Wheatstraw, the Devil's <laughs> son-in-law talk, shall we? 
Oh, can, man. Can, I, can I say something real quick about Petey Wheatstraw? It's going to be very brief. Uh, well, that's what we're talking about. So, yeah. When, when, I watch, when I watch this movie, it was just a reaffirmation that God exists <laughs> and that he wants us to laugh at life and to, to love our fellow man and to enjoy and just, you know what? Don't, you know, don't point out the faults. Enjoy what a specific film is in this situation. Just enjoy what it is. Take it. Don't question it. Just embrace it and just move, move that way and, and apply that to the rest of your life. You'll be fine. Here, here. Um, I gotta say, I gotta say a couple things. Those are good okay. points, but Todd, I totally agree. I, I think, <laughs> and um, a couple things hit me as I watched this. Like, first of all, like five minutes after we ended our last show, I thought, man, I can think of fifteen different movies I would have rather have said uh, for that. <laughs> like, I, they they finally, you know, came to to me. But uh, as as I started watching Petey Weestraw, when it got five minutes into it. I got really flushed, <laughs> like I could feel myself get hot, and I th- thought to myself, "Oh yeah, there are lots of boobs in these movies." <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I totally forgotten <laughs> what these movies were like. Like Rudy all- Ray Moore sh- liked to show off the beautiful black body. <laughs> and all I could remember was these are funny and they're crazy and yeah. silly. And then I was like, "Oh no." And yeah, so and I just thought about Chrissy's probably gonna watch this with Alan. Yeah, like that's what went through my head. I was like, oh no. But then I got like an, an hour into it, and it was like there weren't any, and I was like, yeah, oh good, we got away with with it. We got we, yeah. we, it's not. This is amazing. This is great. And then, <laughs> no gratuitous boob. And then not so much. Like it just <laughs> it saved it all for one. Act three, baby. glorious scene. <laughs> <laughs> bachelor party thrown by the devil by the devil and it's everything you'd want it to be yeah you know that can't be uh can't go well so anyway (laughs) oh man um so todd uh how did you all watch it todd actually got me a copy of it so that's how i watched it on a on a dvd i watched yeah i watched the same version you did um which was it was nice um it was yeah it's really really bad quality i know this i know the copy scott has was remastered i mean they oh this company this company that put all of the rudy ray moore's out like in the last six months i think or maybe last year uh they've put all four of his big films out they actually re i mean i think they did like at least a 2k if not a 4k scan of this movie mm-hmm. and then and then put the, put them out on blu-ray and dvd you know i mean amazing that that that, that this stuff gets that kind of treatment um because you can look at it either way and say well does that really does does that really deserve all that fuss and you know I, it's great it's great to see it like that because you you see it and other than you know other than clothes and music i mean the way the way they're getting some of this stuff done i mean and film stocks, obviously, but it looks like something that, you know, isn't 40, 45 years old. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Did it, they did a great job on it, technically. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the one Scott or the one that uh, Alan and I saw wasn't <laughs> remastered. <laughs> yeah. It might have been, 
It might have been unmastered. Actually. Yeah, it looked like it, it. Like I found a DVD in my gutter and popped it in. Right. Yeah. That's what it looked yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, mine looked. Which great. I think added to it a little bit. It does. It does. It adds a little bit of uh, something to it when you when it's got that grainy kind of washed out look. Yeah. Um. So some highlights of Petey Wheat's draw. Like, I can we pick out any highlights? Larry's death scene. <laughs> Larry, 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 Larry. There were, that one was good. There were two magic, there were two magic moments that stand out above everything for me. And it's not even close. It's like when I walked away from it, I was like, it was worth watching just for those two things. Um, Can I guess one of them? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the, the devil jogging down the road. Bingo! For that's no one reason. of them. Yep. <laughs> the devil's jog was awesome, and he's so I happy stop about laughing. it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so happy. He is. Just, and the and the way he's doing it, like he's just got his his arms tucked in tight, and he's just really happy. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And then the second one was uh, Petey's. Uh, montage walking down the sidewalk changing people's lives with the cane (laughs) and he's just so hyped about it and he just yeah it's amazing i love love that too like especially the one shot where he's coming towards the camera and he's just so jacked up about it and pointing the cane at stuff And all the money, all the all the money coming down, and they would apparently have to pick up all the money and throw it again because they only had so much money, so they would dissolve to the same shot several times. You <laughs> could keep, keep doing it. Oh man, um, I think uh, one of my favorite parts was that, like any of the fight scenes, it was pretty obvious that the director or Rudy or whoever was just like. Let's just act like we're fighting until they say cut. Like there was no choreography to any of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And it looked bad. Like they were pulling punches really hard and Oh yeah. Yeah, especially when he was chasing the guys that had jacked his car and yeah. uh and he knocked them down before they could get over the chain link fence and he was obviously you know, <laughs> yeah. hard hard hitting missing. <laughs> Uh, on the punches and uh, <laughs> you know, and then the I, I I just love stuff like you know they're running down the street with his I guess his back seat of his car and right. they run into some girl and she lands on the seat and then they're just <laughs> running with her on the seat. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the, just mm. the powers of the cane that were never oh, yeah. like like clearly defined and and like when he would use it and when he wasn't but he would. You know, he'd do his, like, he incorporated some of the stuff that we'd seen in Dolomite, and he would wave the cane in front of his face and do his, you know, (laughs) kind of combine it with his kung fu. Good, good stuff. And the the noise the the cane would make when it was, that that way you would know it was working. It was doing its thing. And it was, and it looked just, I like, I loved the fact that it looked like a, what, like a crushed aluminum foil in a ball. Taped to the yes, top of the taped kit. To the top of a yeah. of a wooden cane that somebody whittled on set. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's yep. what uh, that's that's what the devil would have if he had any cane. It wouldn't be bright and glorious. It would be 
be like the the Holy Grail and yeah. Last Crusade, <laughs> the beat up beat up cane. Do you all think Rudy's um, rhymes are freestyling, <laughs> or do you think he's, they're prepared? I think they're prepared. Some of them. There might be a few. That, I, that he, I think it's 50-50. Yeah, yeah, that, that he comes up with on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got one that's a perfect example. All right. You'll take from your mama, even take limbs off a tree, so I'm going to kick your ass for messing with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you can't come up with that on your own. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, man. Some great characters in this thing, like... Leroy and Skillet. Leroy and Skillet. <laughs> Bantu, who yeah, for yeah. some reason teaches. We never, we never gave a, a plot to this to yeah, the listeners yeah. who maybe not have listened to it. So right. I know we're five minutes into talking about it, but let's give a plot for okay. it. Yep. Let me let me just say one thing. There's okay. a there, there's a song there's a song from James Taylor, the country uh, the the pop rock folk artist. And it's simply, it's a song called The Secret of Time, The Secret of Life. And, uh, and the, the chorus or the line in the song is The Secret of Life is Enjoying the Passage of Time. <laughs> and that pretty much sums up. Of, of course it does perfectly. So, <laughs> you don't, you don't really, do you really need a plot? I mean, do you, I, I, it wouldn't have mattered, it would have mattered if it was Weedy Pete Straw. It would have, it would have, just let it flow, man. Just let I, it flow. I think the plot is worth repeating because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Todd's gone very existential with Petey Weedstraw. It's taken him to a good place. Yeah. And it has. Uh, and thank goodness, because I was, I was in such a bad place, you know, last week when we shot, when we recorded our, our podcast last week. <laughs> Okay. Or maybe it was earlier tonight. I can't remember. So Petey Wheatstraw, <laughs> written and directed by Cliff Rockmore, uh, who also did Human Tornado and wrote Disco Godfather and didn't do much else other than those uh, three movies. A shame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, the poster of Petey Wheatstraw said as a tagline, Have no fear. It's the comedy smash of the year. <laughs> <laughs> So, as an aside, it always kind of blows my mind that Rudy always sells himself, like, first and foremost as a stand-up comedian. And, like, I never think of Rudy Mm -hmm. that way. It's, like, it's so odd to think of, like, he was touring and, like, he was a stand-up comedian. I was like, man, that must have been some kind of show there. (laughs) Yeah. You know? we we actually had a tape of his stand-up comedy. Yes, we did. And, by the way... For any parents out there who try to protect their children, like what are the chances that your kids would walk into a gas station market and manage to pick out the one tape that was Rudy Ray Moore in a, in a huge <laughs> rack of tapes, like come away with one that's Rudy Ray Moore stand up and it's just nothing but like sex talk. That's it. But as like 13 year olds, that's what we managed to do. Was on zero, the church bus <laughs> zero in on that tape out of all of them, but so you know you can only do so much. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so plot, so starts out with Petey being born, right? Oh, in one of the greatest <laughs> birth scenes of all time, I was yeah. in from the birth scene. <laughs> 
So first, yeah. uh, first of all, he was in there with a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the watermelon comes first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then he he comes out as like a nine-year-old boy. Petey is right. born as basically a, a, a nine-year-old boy. And then starts whipping the doctor for what he just did to his mom. Yes. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. And and uh, whips his dad also for what he, yeah. he would do um, <laughs> at night. Cause he, cause he, yeah, because he, he kept he, he kept saying, this, and that this is for this is for waking me up every night when you <laughs> for poking sleep. me in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, by the way, Cy Richardson, who plays Petey's dad, who would have thought this, Cy Richardson is the uh, one guy. Like we talked about this before, he's the one guy in the whole cast that has his picture on IMDb. Oh, so I had to check him out, and so Petey's dad uh, actually has worked nonstop um, his whole career since then, and uh, was wow. in he was in Colors, and he was in Pushing Daisies, and he was in Repo Man, and uh, and he's he's worked all the way through this year. I mean, works a ton. Dang. So good on you, Cy Richardson. Yeah, good for him. Uh, unlike Leroy and Skillet. <laughs> so are you saying Leroy and Skillet have not, have not done anything <laughs> post? I'm sure they before. did some stuff. They were stand-up comedians also. Um, <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> right. I mean, I I can't imagine that two obese gentlemen like that that had you know good looks, uh, obviously business business savvy, and just you know I mean <laughs> yeah. everybody all the white folks want to go to their club. <laughs> so basically, Petey's a no good kid, right? And uh, mm-hmm. gets beat up by neighborhood kids, and then he's taken under because of that uh, Bantu. A uh, kung fu master, I guess, uh, takes him under his wing and uh, teaches him the ways, right? <laughs> but he tells Bantu at the end of their training that he wants to be, uh, his dream is to be a stand-up comedian, of course. And uh, so th- then you kind of flash forward and that th- that's where we pick up with Petey Wheatstraw is that he's a very successful uh, blue... Selling out clubs. The, and the state centers around him... Uh, fat A's and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah and then and then the woman talking back to him and then him talking back to her and then it, then his then her husband chimes in and he says why don't you shut up and um, and basically said he was gonna take something out of a woman's dress and hit him <laughs> kick his kick his <laughs> I'm telling you that if I could go to if I could go to stand up comic with that kind of routine, I, I would be happy. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, one of his guys, one of his guys is um, part of his his entourage, I guess. Uh, his little <laughs> brother gets shot. Right? Would you say that's the next big plot point? Uh, Larry, 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 <laughs> Larry, Larry gets killed. <laughs> By yeah. uh, like Scarface Jimmy, I think was his name, something like that. Oh, Scarface. They they have his funeral, <laughs> and I was actually shocked by the funeral. Dude, I was awesome. I was not expecting <laughs> Scarface Jimmy to pull up and just gun down the entire uh, funeral yeah. party. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I said out loud, I said, "Dang!" 
because that was like I was not expecting that. We, we didn't tell why they get, they came and shot him though. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Be- <laughs> because Leroy and Skillet are trying to open a club, and they find out that uh, Petey Wheatstraw is is going to be doing his shows, and they got to get rid of Petey Wheatstraw, and he won't he won't back down. No, no, bub. As long as Petey's in town. Yeah, yeah. They're they're right, right, right. <laughs> Their uh, club is destined to Ow! fail, so they have to get rid of him. And it starts with they're gonna rough up his his henchmen and then end up killing uh, little Larry, his brother, instead on kind of accident. And then and then they just decide to gun down everybody that Petey knows, I guess, and they murder them all. And then he gets a chance to make a deal with the devil. To yeah, because he gets shot too. He gets killed. Long. Yeah, everybody. It's gets pretty killed. impressive that. Everybody as still as they could in a freeze frame kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously we we don't have the Blu-ray version, but it looked like they were <clears throat> looked like they did a pretty good job playing possum. So so Petey dies and goes to hell, and then that's, <laughs> he, go ahead. He uh, he makes a deal with him and says you can go back and basically avenge everybody and set this right if you want to, but you got to marry my daughter. Um, and <laughs> his, his, his daughter is apparently, uh, very ugly and Petey's like, uh. he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then he sees the picture of the devil's daughter and he's like, no, forget that. I'll just stay dead and all this sort of kill thing. me, kill me, kill me, kill me. And he's, he's got a very, he's, he's very kind of happy about it. He's, he's very jovial about the whole thing, you know, cause <laughs> they're having a good time. Um, but he decides to take the deal. And and then it's it's golly it's nonstop. Uh, yeah, just that's <laughs> when he gets the Satan power stick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, after he gets back home, uh, Satan gives him a phone call. That might have been one of my favorite parts of the whole thing too. Is uh, yeah. Satan calls him on the phone. <laughs> they have a direct line to each other. Yeah, and it's a yeah. very very normal conversation. Yeah. It's like, and Petey can call Satan at any point too on a landline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows his number somehow. <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, and the devil's just like, P.T., I forgot to tell you that my cane, you must go get it, and it has powers. And and P.T. Weistraw's just like, right on, Satan. Like, right on. Right. I'm getting off the phone now. Right on, father. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he's like, I, okay, I will talk to you later. And it's just, it's yeah. so matter of fact. It's, yeah, that first phone conversation is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. And, uh. Uh, so he goes and gets the the the, yeah, the Satan's cane, which has powers, <laughs> in, in a Man. very interesting uh, cemetery scene that they made the most of. Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes. And I don't know. I mean, the rest is just kind of like uh, you have to watch it from that point. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Petey versus Leroy and Skillet, and he ends up uh, killing. Spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, he gets the best of Leroy and Skillet and kind of burns down their club in a in a sort of uh, carry type of scene, <laughs> except he's using the cane and and then it's mm. and then after that it's Petey trying to outsmart uh, the devil for the rest of it and it's it's kind of back and forth on both of those counts a lot. Just don't count out the devil. That's all I'm saying. I don't want right. to ruin it for everybody. No. Just don't don't uh, don't count the devil out. <laughs> Oh yeah, Man. and can I say the fight with the demons is pretty amazing too, and what the demons are dressed oh like, God. how they're dressed yes. in capes <laughs> and different colored tights. Yeah, this is Pandex. Yeah, 
what was who whose idea was that? It was like very flashy and very not scary demons. <laughs> Man, Rudy Rudy was just before his time. If he had been <laughs> if he'd been a little I mean, obviously you couldn't make those movies now. Mm. You probably couldn't have made them in the eighties or the nineties. But golly, he just I mean, the the appreciation for him uh was just many years later, many decades later. Mm. Um you know where where it needs to be where he's truly appreciated of course he's passed now but um man what a i mean golly i've never seen thighs that big <laughs> he was just he's like a he's like a tank oh on rudy yeah that's why he's a kung fu machine man that's right i know i know it i'm just saying it's all that training Golly. <laughs> he's a yeah he's a hoss like and let me and, say about rudy but because we really haven't gotten into rudy anymore but the voice, right, is like oh gosh, it's one in a billion. So like dynamic and like, and yeah. I could just I can understand why people would just want to listen to him because he's not funny. Like I'm not gonna believe that people thought <laughs> Rudy Graymore was really funny. No, I think no people way. probably just like to go and hear him talk and like you know yeah. just kind of like listen to that voice and and stuff. Mesmerizing. He yeah, a, it's honestly a mesmerizing voice when you and his delivery. Yeah, the yeah. cadence and everything about it. It's it's very yeah. It just kind of yeah. It reels you in. It's like uh, like listening to him talk. Another good uh, another good rhyme I wrote down that I thought was a good life lesson for everybody that I'll throw in here. Um, from from the lips of Rudy Ray Moore, romance without finance is a nuisance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one I yeah. <laughs> jotted that one down too. The great, yeah. the great line. <laughs> yeah. uh, finance I, I is a new sense. <laughs> so th- there's one for the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that one hasn't caught on. And uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what we can do. That's what we can bring the world. Mm-hmm. Should we? What else? You all got anything else about the movie itself? Not really. Um, we can go on with the results from this week's game if you all want to. Well, let's talk about, uh, we sh- and this is all backwards, but I thought maybe we should talk about black exploitation a little bit. Uh, what do you What do you think about it? Yeah, go ahead. So, because uh, I think it's worth saying, like, what these movies are and, and why why they were made and just kind of the place they have in movie history, because it's really huge. I mean, it's, it's massive, the effect that these movies had. And so... It kind of all started in 1948. A Supreme Court decision ended the Hollywood studio system. And basically all that meant was that up until then, uh, all the studios, they made the films. They had the writers, directors, producers, and actors all on staff and under contract. So they owned they owned the film processing and laboratories, and they created the prints, and they distributed them through... Uh, studios and through theaters that they owned so it was the very definition of a monopoly exactly like yeah oligopoly yeah it was vertically integrated all the way up and so uh the supreme court stepped in finally and um and ended that because uh it was eight studios basically controlled 95 percent of films shown in the u.s 1930 through 1948 um, and they would, you know, and, and because they own theaters, you know, you just, you kept all the little guys out. Like you can't get in cause they're our theaters and the theaters that they didn't own, they would do block scheduling. So if you want any of our movies, you have to buy like five or more of them. And, mm-hmm. and lots of times 
they were buying movies that hadn't even been made yet. So the Supreme Court said you can't do that either. So they broke it all up, kind of like they did with Ma Bell. And so at, when that happened, uh, it just kind of hit the skids in Hollywood because like they, they controlled everything, and then all of a sudden like they didn't know how to make money. So uh, they were on the brink of bankruptcy. A lot of studios, and, and most of them did, or a lot of them did go uh, out of business at that time uh, because of the antitrust laws. And so at the same time, you know, you're looking, you're going into the 50s, and television starts growing. And then when you hit the 60s, it's uh, full stride with, you know, TV sets in every every home at that point. So just, you know, at, so one time you hit the 60s, uh, just really struggling in Hollywood. So the studios are dying, uh, kind of disconnect with audiences. All that that first generation of, like, movie moguls is is stepping back and and you know they're they're aging out uh in all your uh zookers and gold ones and louis b mayors and all those guys like and so you know there's not strong leadership with these studios so none of them know how to make money basically so hit 1971 and uh melvin van peebles uh, oh yeah sweet <laughs> sweet back dad of mario van peebles yep sweet sweet backs bad song as it's titled <laughs> with a bunch of s's so the <laughs> the the budget on that movie uh so it, first of all melvin uh finances it himself and partially with a $50,000 loan from bill cosby and the budget on that thing a lot of people think he's never said and so a lot of people just estimated at 500 but what I kept zeroing in on and seeing from a lot of people was 150,000 or less budget on sweet, huh. sweet bag. So $150,000 to make it, it grossed $15 million. <laughs> Whoa. So over $15 million. So as soon as they see that, you know, uh, Hollywood's like goes nuts. And like we've got to make these, so Shaft comes out a few min uh, a few months later. I think um, just a few months later, they had I guess heard about it and probably from Van Peebles shopping around and trying to get money because nobody would give him money to make a, a movie with an all black cast and and the script that he was making. Like nobody would give him money to do that, and uh, so that's why he had to do it himself. He would have he would have done it through a studio if he could have, but nobody nobody's gonna let him do that. So he did it on his own. And when I guess when they heard he's doing he's making one, probably that's when Shaft goes into like, well, let's do one of our own and see how this goes. So Shaft was a few minutes a uh, few months later, and its budget was a million, just over a million, and it grossed twelve million. Mm. So it just goes crazy after that. And 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 to compare them, both of those movies, nineteen seventy one, okay. Studio system, Willy Wonka, 1971, which we've talked about on the show. We love it. It's an icon of cinema, right? $3 million budget. Willy Wonka grossed $4 million. Really? Yes. So that gives you an idea of like, so like people say this all the time, uh, that black exploitation movies saved Hollywood. They really did. Like no joke that like those movies saved Hollywood and, and gave them a, a new idea of how to make movies. And then you, you also started getting some, some grittier, uh, serious dramas and stuff like that. But you know, it just went crazy and they made a ton of them. And, but then, you know, 
basically white people stepped in and started making the movies. Um, and so you, you had a bunch of white producers and white directors making some terrible movies, like as cheap as they possibly could get them on. They knew they'd make money. And so there's, there are a ton of movies like that. Um, so that's black exploitation, and 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 I love the movies, and I love Rudy Ray Moore, and uh, and a lot of them that I've seen, and they're they're fun, and they're, you know, so that's the history of it. There you go, everybody. <laughs> I'll tell you another good one. Uh, it was um, it was a kind of a black exploitation horror flick from, I guess the early seventies called uh, Sugar Hill, which was really good, mm-hmm. um, and that's got. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh man, it was, it was kind of, I think that was one of those where, and I'm not, I'm, I may be talking off on this, but I was thinking that was probably done from a studio that was trying to cash in on the craze. Um, but you know, you had, yeah, you had so, that was such a huge, you know, section of, of movies at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, 60s, 70s, uh, Blackula, yeah, basically 71 through 77 because, you know, yeah. nobody knew how to make money in Hollywood. And so 71 through 77, it saved, you know, it saved the whole industry. And then what happens in 77? Scott and Alan are born. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you got it tied. Star Wars. Your theme song. And so... Oh that's the end of that's the end of black exploitation because it was like then they discovered a new way to make lots and lots of money so uh thanks george the the blockbuster area era begins there in 77 so that was kind of the end of, of coincidence it's the year we were born uh, i think not I don't, I don't think so but yeah like you just you, just, you had no but no uh people of color whatsoever in movies basically uh, before that it, very very little and then this breakout in the 70s and that's why it's be- mm-hmm. that's what that's why it's called black exploitation is because when hollywood and and the big studios started producing them themselves then they're very much exploiting mm-hmm. you know all, mm-hmm. all these black actors and just doing it for the buck and whereas you did have some good you know like like shaft with great black directors and like great great black actors and uh the mac is considered you know like a you know like a genuinely good movie and there are a few others but uh when hollywood just started cranking out really really terrible movies with you know uh, with black actors just to just to get the buck that's where the exploitation part of it comes in um but yeah foxy brown and uh mm-hmm. coffee and um, so there are a lot. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even realize that, uh, everybody considers, um, what's the bond movie in new Orleans with the, vo- Oh, live and let die. Live and let die is considered black exploitation. Yeah. It's mm. everybody. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're, the they're trying to cash are, in there. Yeah. Fed Cotto, who was a great actor and was a really good villain, uh, was also in alien a few years uh, later. But um, yeah, yeah, it had that whole time just kind of mirrored. Even even your, you know, you could see where it was bleeding over into mainstream movies and things like that. Um, Fred the Hammer Williamson, man, can't you gotta throw Fred the Hammer out there. Yeah, Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, and what uh, Black Dynamite did. Uh, oh yeah to that genre was, was perfect. I mean, I, I think they captured everything that, you know, that people love. Oh my God, yeah. 
about those movies and it's it's very even though it's it's kind of a spoof it's still very reverent in my mind and like you know it's 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 everything that i loved about those movies uh michael jai white is that how you say his name yeah i'm surprised that i'm surprised they haven't done a follow-up to that i'm surprised it didn't wasn't popular enough to at least elicit yeah you know a, a a follow-up. It is. It is. It's definitely popular enough, and I've I've heard mm-hmm. that he is more interested. He said he's kind of he's he had originally three ideas in mind, and and in the same vein, but not he didn't have in mind a direct sequel of Black Dynamite. Instead, he was thinking of, but basically this this the same type of movie and doing it in the same way. But mm. one was a western, and one was a horror like Blackula. So he wanted to do kind of his Blackula right. and then he wanted to do a Western kind of like Blazing Saddles type of thing, which, yeah. you know, I would um, love to see after, you know, cause I do love the first one. And, but they, wasn't, wasn't there an animated series though? Of Black, yes. Of Black and there, there still is. I think okay. it's still going. I think that, it, that yeah. they're still making those and I'm, I'm not sure like how popular they are or not. I didn't, I tried to watch a few episodes and didn't, like it as much as the movie but you've got the same voice actors and stuff so that's nice all right do you want to go i want to get to the results yep from last week's game all right so we gambled on the belco experiment james gunn's project uh it opened in 1300 theaters and we all gambled on how much opening weekend would make um i think scott you started right you yep. said fourteen million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Todd went low and went. I think went seven million, if I'm correct. And so I had the opportunity to <laughs> Bob Barker, one of you guys. And you, mm. you picked the wrong one. I picked wrong. Yeah. I we we talked about Coco Beware on the last episode. I'm the Coco Beware of Force Watch. <laughs> I never win a match. Um. So anyway, Todd Sheen. Wins again. I uh, win it. You won again, man. It's wow. four million. Four million dollars is what this thing made. It's pretty low. I know, four million. It's really low, especially as much as they. Man, it was they. There was a lot of advertisement and a lot of hype. Yeah, but he put it in a bunch of festivals first, and that might have hurt it. Do you think? Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I, I'll be honest. I mean, the thing, and I and I don't speak for the entire country, obviously, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw the trailer, man, all I could think of was, well, this is like every, this has a saw kind of plot going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just a, this game where people are are trapped in a in a location and they can't leave. Right. Uh, they have to do something heinous and morally corrupt to try to save themselves mm-hmm. uh, instead of being, you know, um, you know, morally incorrupt. I guess. Uh, so, I, you know, to me, it's just like, yeah, okay, maybe there's some new things about it, maybe there isn't, but to me, I could, you know, I'm not going to watch this. I wouldn't watch this. Uh, after hearing him talk about how much of a passion project it was for him, I was pretty excited about it, but uh, it's, that's kind of dwindled somewhat after the reviews, and then it just tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, Todd Sheen, wow, what are we watching this week? Well, you know, I know you all are probably thinking I'm going to, I mean, well, you know, we we know what he's gonna we know what he's gonna ask us to watch. So, so I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Uh oh. Um, and um, 
It's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. No. It's not. I'm faking you. I'm faking you out. Because um, I have to. Um <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is another one. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's more bad cinema, but that's kind of where I'm gravitating right now. Uh, and the, the movie for, uh, for next week is, or for the, the movie to watch is Hobgoblins. <laughs> Hobgoblins. All right. <laughs> this is, um, man, this is really, really, really bad. And it's so enjoyable that you're gonna you're gonna thank me again, like you did right. before. Well, you, this, you've not steered us wrong so far in these games. Well, this is this is you know, let's go back to the I guess mid '80s uh, when Gremlins, of course, started it all, and then you had it, you know when Gremlins took off and made crazy money. Then everybody was like, okay, well, what we, what can we do? Because I mean, it, you know, we don't have they're they're rubber they're they're little rubber monsters that we don't have to pay actors. We can do this. We can pull it off. It's going to be great. And so you had you know you had movies like, um, you know, tr- uh, Troll and um, uh, Ghoulies, and they were just blatant ripoffs. And they were even and the the effects were horrible. They didn't come anywhere close to to Gremlins kind of effects and and story. Uh, but people, man, they just, and, and let me just say this hobgoblins, hobgoblins makes ghoulies look like, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. So hobgoblins is down. It's really down. It's like way down. All right. uh, well, but again, if you scroll through the IMD page, very few people have their pictures. <laughs> it's, it's a good, it's a good barometer. It really yeah. is. All right, uh, so but it's, it's honestly you're gonna love it. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be glad you're an American after you watch Man, this. Just looking at this Oscar the Grouch looking demon on the <laughs> yeah on the cover is making me a little excited. All right, yeah. um, and speaking of these movies, uh, when we were watching um, Petey Wheat's Draw, when when my wife and I were watching it, and I told her that this is what we had to watch for the podcast, then she said. So pretty much, are we going to have to watch this kind of movie every week because you're all spiking? <laughs> She's not feeling them. <laughs> I don't think every week. Yeah, like we wouldn't have had to do it last week if I could have just thought of anything else. But I, you know, we're yeah. probably. I'm just going to go ahead and warn you if if I can ever pull a Chicago Cubs and win one of these things, we're going to do it for that one. <laughs> And I did want to make you all watch it, watch Arsenal too. That was a possibility. <laughs> mm. Mm. I would have welcomed it. All right. Hey, you know what though? Anybody, anybody can watch a good movie. Okay. Yeah. It's so easy. It is. Go to Redbox. Go to Netflix. Go to well, don't go to Netflix unless you just want to look at the tiles. Yeah, we talked about go to that. Redbox or you know, <laughs> this is what you got to do. You got you got to dig deep. You got to find that gold. It's hidden inside the cold. Speaking of gold, <laughs> the movie we're gambling on this week, yes. The Boss Baby. Yes. Scott mm. Stafford can't wait. <laughs> mm. All right. It opens, of course, when you're hearing this, it will have already opened. But uh, for us, it opens this coming, it opens tomorrow mm. as we're recording this. So, wow. Who's it? Who's it? What's it going up against? Um, it was something else pretty decent. Well, oh, the uh, not decent, but the Ghost in the Shell is the other big oh, one okay. that opens this weekend. So, 
Um, but Scott's looking so forward to Boss Baby, I couldn't crush him by picking anything but mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Okay, good choice. Uh, good since choice. he picked this as the movie he was dreading the most in 2017. <laughs> so, um, Todd, what are we uh, what are we going to try to guess? Is it uh, opening weekend box office? Is the Rotten Tomato score, Meta score? What are, What do you pick your, I'm gonna, pick your poison? I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go uh, box office again. Um, okay. Wow, that's you know what too. it is going to be tough because man, animateds are you never know. You never know. But I'm going to go um, thirty-eight. Oof, thirty-eight million. Dang. Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. Scott, you're next. Uh, you say thirty-seven because I finished last <laughs> again. I feel like. Alan's got the win coming on this one. Oh no, man! <laughs> getting ready to bark or anybody? Because uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna say closer to f- fourteen. Wow, man! You 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 don't trust the family aspect. This is, this is a family well, film. But your number made me go higher maybe than I was going to go a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, you saying that now makes me question what to do. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to, I'm going to Barker Stafford, <laughs> but I just don't know which way. Uh, I'll say 15. I, I, I lost with 15 last week. I'll lose with it again this week. <laughs> I got a feeling. So, I got a feeling you're gonna win. Oh man, I'm rooting for. I'm, I may go see it just to give it eight bucks of my money to, <laughs> to contribute towards yeah. the eight million. Because thirty-eight sounds a little high to me, but uh, so yeah, somewhere in between there, fifteen. It is 30. getting. It got a good marketing campaign during the tournament and all that too. So yeah, the word, but and, it is not getting good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of kids on spring break need something to watch. That's true too. That's true and too. Kid man, Rotten Tomatoes is not kid proof or family proof. It's just you know, kids families have already seen yep. Beauty and the Beast now. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it is spring break week, what are you going to go see? Hey, how about an animated comedy? You're not going to see Ghost in the Shell. So, probably not. Probably not. Which weirdly, when we started this podcast, was sitting at like Ghost in the Shell was sitting at sixty one percent, and when we started it, and it's right now at fifty percent, so it is plummeting as we speak. <laughs> That's how long we've been podding, also. That's true. <laughs> well, it looks about as interesting as watching Henry Fonda eat blueberries. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to watch Henry Fonda eat blueberries? All right, let's go to bed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, well, fans, won't you all go watch some Hobgoblins with us? What do you say? Mm-hmm. And let's get out of here and go to bed. I promise you enjoyment when you watch this. I can't There's wait. no way you're not going to smile at the end and say, you know what? This 80 to 95 minutes has been well worth it. Bully, bully for Todd. Bully. Yeah, it's uh, it's eighty eight minutes, so won't even okay. cost you an hour and a half of your life. Exactly. See, so let's go watch it, everybody. And the la- the laughs will be priceless. Let's do it. All right. Till next time, everybody. This is uh, for for Todd Sheen, Scott Stafford. This is Alan Martin, reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Hey, hey, we'll
superstar, he's gonna fall. The king of comedy, a superstar. 